Achieving Responsible AI Maturity. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Stephen Mills, Chief AI Ethics Officer at Boston Consulting Group. Welcome, Steve. Hey, welcome. To, thanks for having me. <laughs> well, welcome to you. Everybody knows that. Um, so let's just let's just start off by asking. Interesting title. How does an AI ethics officer inform and guide AI de deployments? Yeah, I mean, fundamentally, it's about ensuring that the AI product we're building is is done in a way that produces positive impact on society and individual but at the same time is still achieving you know, transformative business impact. And I think that's really important in that people tend to think about this space as I either have responsible AI or I have big business impact with my AI product. And the argument is you can absolutely do both. It just means you know, embedding in the development process, the design process, the deployment process, thinking about you know, issues like who are the, the potentially impacted groups? How do we minimize any potential harms that could occur? And just being really thoughtful throughout the development process. And then I guess the other piece of it is fundamentally creating a cultural change within the organization because it's not, you know, I can't be the ethics police, if you will, right? That's not success. Success is everybody in the organization thinking about these issues from, you know, the product managers to the developers to the business leaders so that as we're building product, everybody's thinking about this space and we're all thinking about, you know, how do we, how do we ensure that we're having a really positive impact with the product we build? Let's talk about some research that you spearheaded related to responsible AI maturity. Start by defining responsible AI. Yeah, so it, it goes sort of back to what I said. It's, it's ensuring that we build AI um, that integrates human creativity, empathy, and, and ensures that we're driving towards positive societal impact and you know, um, having transformative business impact at the same time. So that's sort of a, a broad definition I know. But it includes, you know, a, a variety of different areas like fairness, robustness, safety and security, you know, all the way down to human plus AI, ensuring that the human and human and AI are working together to drive towards outcomes. So it's, you know, many people think about it as, you know, fairness or bias, right? That's what many people think of. It's a, to me, it's a much broader definition, and so that's when we when we did the research, we were really focused on that broader definition. Tell us about the four stages of AI maturity you identified. Yeah, so once we had all, all the responses back from the survey we did, we actually used a data-driven approach to try to see what are the natural clusters of maturity that emerged. And you know, we called them lagging, developing, leading, and advanced. Um, really just you know, I, I, looking at you know, the, the logical groupings we saw. Um, you know, and, and each one, each movement from each stage was marked by, you know, an, an improvement across these seven dimensions I talked about. But the interesting thing was from lagging, you know, into developing and from leading into advanced, we saw big jumps in human plus AI and fairness. And so, you know, our, our hypothesis is these are the more complex issues and, and people seem to be delaying investment a little bit there. And so they, it almost seems like once they start investing, it leads to that big step change in their maturity. Your survey found that an organization's perception of its AI responsibility doesn't always match reality. Explain that. Yeah, this was actually the, one of the most surprising things that came out of this for me. So, so what, we, what we did was we asked the leaders that completed the survey what is your maturity? So effectively just self-assess where you are. And then we had a bunch of you know, 21 detailed questions 
where um, you know, we, we essentially analyze the output of those 21 questions and um, you know, came up with a measure of, of maturity. And what we found is over half the time, they were overestimating how mature they actually were. And I say this is surprising because I actually thought we'd find the opposite. I actually thought a lot of people would say like, wow, this is really hard. We're nowhere near where we need to be. So it was shocking to see so many people saying, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm you know, extremely mature. Yet the reality is they weren't. And, and this held even to the group that we, def you know, where they thought they were fully mature, fully implemented. Again, like over half of them weren't. They still had more work to do. And that group in particular worries me because if they think they're fully mature, they're going to stop investing. They're not going to keep building yet. Clearly, some of these folks still have more work to do. Are there some industry segments that are doing better than others? And if so, why is that? Yeah. And, and this was actually another surprising thing that we found. There are differences, but they weren't statistically significant. Um, and so, you know, some things you would expect, like technology was towards the top, right? And if you think about a lot of the, the exemplars in this space, they're technology companies. So it's not shocking they're at the top. We saw finance near the top, again, a heavily regulated industry, so not surprising. But we also saw industrial goods near the top, which was a little interesting, which we didn't quite expect. Um, you know, th there, there were a few that were lower on the list, but, but again, like it wasn't statistically significant. What was a bigger driver was region, actually. So we saw Europe and North America leading globally. Um, the ones lagging behind a bit were South America and the Middle East. But interestingly there, the variance was huge across industries. So what I, what I mean by that is within Middle East, you had um, like public sector industrial goods were actually best in the world, but then you had other sectors like insurance, which were towards the bottom. And so, it, you know, it's sort of an interesting view, but it was really seemed to be region driving behavior more than industry itself. What are the root causes when AI deployments miss their responsibility mark? Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of different issues that could come into play. I mean, I think fundamentally it comes down to during design and development, not stepping back and thinking about who are the groups that could be adversely impacted and, and ensuring that we have their perspective in the design of the product and how the product's being built. You know, and, and in doing that, you often discover things and can minimize any of those impacts. So I think that's, that's one big piece of it. Um, the other is just really thinking critically about you know, all the design decisions around data and, and you know, um, user interface and how the system could potentially lead to erroneous outputs or unclear outputs, you know, and making sure that all of that's clear. And then I guess, I guess maybe the third piece is, is really just, you know, kind of red teaming and, and taking a hard look at, you know, how do we ensure it's, how do we ensure it's secure? Because there's unique security vulnerabilities related to AI. And, and how do we make sure that we don't accidentally divulge private information, you know, in, in, in using it, or how could people misuse the product? So it's sort of this big, you know, and again, there's a lot of detail behind that, but I'm trying to roll it up to a, a slightly higher level, but I think it, it's kind of those big buckets. So these lessons lead to uh, and into some of the best practices for reaching AI maturity. Can you summarize those for us? 
Yeah, the, when I step back and sort of reflect on what we learned in, in, in this study overall, there's sort of three big takeaways I would tend to give an executive. You know, one is there is a real source of value here. You know, and, and one of the things we found was that, you know, over oh, nearly 50% of organizations focus on responsible responsible AI for business benefit. And so there's clearly value there and companies need to make sure they go capture it. The second piece is um, proactively investing, you know, because again, if you think about this as a source of value, it's, it's really a competitive advantage. And we, we already saw about 20% of organizations that were leading. If other organizations want to maintain that competitive advantage, they need to invest proactively and really build a responsible AI program. In addition to the fact that obviously it's the right thing to do, but also thinking about the, the business benefit. And then the last piece I would say is ha have a, a really reasonable and accurate assessment of where you are today. What is your starting point? You know, and it goes back to this point of every, that we saw so many people overestimating their maturity. I think it's it's so important to know where you are today. What are the gaps? What are the strengths? So when you do invest, you can get the most from those dollars. Steve Mills, Chief AI Ethics Officer at Boston Consulting Group. If somebody wants to connect with you, Steve, what's the best way they can do that? I'd encourage them to go to bcg.com and, and you know, you can read more about a lot of our responsible AI work and, and you can reach me directly on LinkedIn. Thanks again for joining us, Steve. Thank you. And find and subscribe to more of my interviews right here on ZDNet, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.